Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now okay everybody i have something really cool to tell you about if you haven't heard yet about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain here it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and then you can get started it's really fun we just switched over recently here at all too real too and i'm enjoying it so far so be sure to check it out and uh let us know what you think Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Collin II, and with me, rocking it and rolling it into the 80s, is Matthew uh, 80s. Ah, I can't think. But Matthew Haas. I, can't, I couldn't think of okay. a good, That's good. A good nickname this time. Um, I'm just going to call you uh, Matthew. Oh, I like that. Just like a one-name thing? Yes. Like Prince? Okay. You're, yeah, like, you're, right. like, you're like Prince or Cher or Madonna. Yeah, okay. All popular in the 80s. That's I mean, I wasn't that popular in the 80s because I was just like a little kid. But like... Um, but they all were. So... They, they all were. Yeah. So it works. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, today on the show... Child, I'm an 80s and 90s child. Yes. Because I was I was born in the early '80s, so I have enough memories of the '80s to be considered an '80s child. But I was primarily more '90s, early to mid '90s child. So um, I'm like in that little in between, you know, place or whatever. Yeah, I was born so, in the late '70s, so I was an '80s child. Yeah, a little bit of exactly. '90s, not much '90s, yeah. but a little bit. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, anyways. On today's show, as we venture into our series called Pilot Era, where we look at television shows that lasted one season or less, and we look at the pilot episode of those shows, we're looking at that 80s show, a show that premiered in January of 2002... And aired its last episode in May of 2002. <laughs> it had 13 episodes. It was kind of, but not a, it was not a direct, but kind of a spinoff of that 70s show. Which was a, you know, much better, more loved oh. television show. Maybe it was not, a hit. Maybe not so much right now with the Danny Masterson of it all. But, um... <laughs> Right. That's okay. He was still good on the show. I can't 
deny that. Um, right. <clears throat> so this was a obviously a period sitcom that took place in the 1980s. This wasn't like the 1880s. Because <laughs> that would have been a completely different show. Right. And maybe better. Yeah. <laughs> um, the show was uh, created by Mark Brazil, who is a Facebook friend of mine. Hi, Mark. And um, <laughs> Terry Turner and uh, Linda Wallum. Um, Mark and Terry both uh, were two of the co-creators of uh, that 70s show. Um, it starred in his first television show, television performance, Glenn Howerton as Corey <laughs> Howard, a struggling musician who lives at home with his sister and his father and works at a place called Permanent Record, a record store. <laughs> um, it also has Tinsley Grimes as Katie Howard, his sister. Um, Shyler Lee as June Tuesday, <laughs> um, a punk rock chick. Eddie Shin as a yuppie guy who's like <laughs> in love with uh, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Brittany Daniel as uh, Corey's bisexual ex-girlfriend who has an unrequited crush on Corey's sister Katie. Stand-up comic Margaret Smith as Margaret, an ex-hippie rock groupie and owner of Permanent Record. And uh, Jeff Pearson as R.T. Howard, Corey and Katie's divorced father. Yep. That is your yep. cast, folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what happened in this pilot here, Matt? <clears throat> well, got to clear my throat because I got a lot to say. Um... What happened is they the show really, really, really wants you to understand that it takes place in the eighties. Like it, it's very like paramount that like you know it's in the eighties. Like get it? Like at a dance club, you know, two Wall Street guys are like, Oh, is my nose bleeding? Cause get it, cocaine, eighties, Wall Street. Um, you know, a guy's on his mobile phone, like, I'm I'm at a phone, it's not a pay phone. I got any like shakes his eyes like you hear the ice it's like get it sorry one of your Facebook friends is like the cre- um, yeah I don't mean to be too harsh but anyway um it it it, it, so it starts off like um you know um Glenn Howerton's character Corey is like at the dance club and he like he ends up finding like his ex girlfriend there and he he doesn't even realize that they've actually broken up all the way or whatever um. And she's like, like, no, it was, it was a real breakup and stuff like that. And, you know, sorry if there was like any, you know, miscommunication or whatever. And, you know, he's just kind of like pretending to not, you know, believe her or whatever. And, uh, you know, he goes home. Uh, his dad is like kind of like a jokey kind of character. I don't really know how to really pinpoint his. Very, very male chauvinist, misogynistic sort of uh, yeah. t- typical dad of the 80s sort of thing. Yeah, he's just kind of got that thing. And plus, too, he's like, you know, he dotes on his daughter as being like the, you know, like the, you know, the good one. Like, oh, she's an entrepreneur because she's like trying to do a candle business or some or service or whatever. Yeah. And I, which is funny because they talk about his philosophy degree, which is hilarious because he plays Jack Griffin in AP Bio, and he literally is like a philosophy professor at a philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny, you know. Um, <laughs> not sure if that was connected at all, or you know, probably not. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of funny, you know. Um, and uh, he works at the you know, the record store, and like the owner is just like. <sighs> I don't even really know what, like, she's like a blank slate character. I mean, she doesn't really have, like, any emotions at all. Like, she's just kind of like, yeah. oh, I used to hook up with this rock star, you know, like, type of thing. Like, in, 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 in really good, uh, actually, they did write to Margaret Smith's strength, though, because that's how she does. She's a really, really funny stand-up comic. Okay. And, um, that's kind of how her delivery is, and. Okay. It works really well in the stand-up world. Maybe not so much in a sitcom. But, yeah. Yeah. But her, she's kind of this one-note, kind of one-liner sort of okay. really funny comic. Uh, <clears throat> she was really big in the, like, 
<clears throat> I don't know, 90s and 2000s and stuff. So okay. I think she writes for Ellen DeGeneres now or something, but she's uh, she's pretty funny. That's cool. Yeah, so for some reason, though, he gives his buddy a ride to work every day, even though he's like some big time, which I didn't really understand that um, aspect of it. It's like he's like some, like, I don't know, corporate dude or whatever. Um, and yet he can't afford his own car for some reason or something and needs like his philosophy major best friend works at a record store to take him to work at whatever. Well, it, it should and be like, that. It's probably that he wants to be a big, you know, time yuppie, but he's not really a yuppie. Oh, I see. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He's, um, I don't know, it's just a weird, like, the weird thing about this episode, okay, is like, it seems like half the time it's trying to be like a satire about like a show from the 80s, and then half the time it's, it's almost like pretending to be a show from the 80s it, but like not not really done on purpose like that wasn't like the intention you know like because like when they're riding in the car there is like this funny moment a brief funny moment um where they're like like you know i can't believe what happened to you and like i can't believe what happened to you and all this kind of stuff and like you know and like the you know you know his friends like listening to like one of these like self-help bullshit tapes like i am successful and you know all this kind of stuff to like you know pump them up or whatever and then uh cory takes the tape out and puts uh talking heads in there you know um <clears throat> the guy's like you know like you know the lyrics basically saying like how did i get here this is not my beautiful life or whatever and then, like oh, cory's like I deserve a big house, you know, like kind of making fun of it, you know, I, I deserve a beautiful wife, you know, so it's like, it's kind of funny, he's razzing them a little bit, and all of a sudden it gets into like, just such a cheesy, like, oh, okay, so that brief moment was taken away now with, you know, this thing, and I don't know, man, just, uh, not a lot really happened in this episode, really. So, um, so, so basically, then, you know, uh, Corey gets to work. He goes there, and uh, while he's there, he uh, is upset because, you know, he just got broken up with. And uh, it one of the I did like the delivery of Margaret, where he's, he says he says uh, something like uh, something like you know I, I just I got broken up with uh, I, I I got dumped by my uh, dumped by my girlfriend for a woman. And she's like, it happens. <laughs> just, the, <Yeah. laughs> just the way she said it, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but, uh, so, while he's there, he ends up meeting uh, June, Tuesday, played by mm-hmm. Shyler Lee, um, which is really weird to see. I just want to point this out, because if you're a fan of her on Grey's Anatomy, or uh, which she was on for a little bit, or uh, especially Supergirl, which mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of, and I know you are, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. She, uh, you can't even believe that's the same actress, really. I can't, no. No. Kind of shows her strengths, that she's mm-hmm. versatile as an actress. Um, the, uh, yeah, she's this punk rock chick with, like, really spiky hair. Um, they have their little tete-a-tete, their meat-cute, their, uh, you know, <laughs> their, their, their little, like, you know, oh, I'm a punk, you can't deal with it, and, oh, I'm a, I'm a guy with a haircut from the Blue Lagoon, you know, another 80s reference. Um, right. yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, it's like, you know, you, you, you probably used to listen to the Bay City Rollers, and then... He leaves, and she's just like, "I did like the base CD rollers." God. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm Plus, just... too, I, I did like that line though when when she came in for the first time. He's like, "Oh, look, there's punk rock Brewster over there." Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was good. I like that line. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Rooster. You said Brewster. But, you know, I said Brewster, like Punky Brewster. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought I thought he said Rooster. Oh, okay. Hmm. But I'm not sure because. I just assume because that show was from the 80s. I don't yeah, know. it could um, be. It could be that he was going... Either one of them is kind of funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
but I like Punk Rock Brewster better than Rooster. <laughs> That's um, a good band name right there, Punk Rock Rooster. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, Punky and the Brewsters. No, <laughs> no, I had a punk band once for like a like a really short while, and I I, I actually had um really stupid song titles like one was called Punky Brewster, Will You Marry Me? Like yeah. you know um like just like whatever like just stupid stuff like just because i was watching episodes of the show one day and i was like oh that's a that's a good title for a show the, the lyrics had actually nothing to do with the show whatsoever uh it was just that yeah. was the name of the song and um and then we had another one called i shot jr i was basically watching a lot of like 80s shows i think and it just <laughs> for some reason and and of course that song had nothing to do with jr or being shot and in fact actually in the lyrics i even specifically mentioned that I shot JR is a metaphor for losing hope in life. No idea why. Um, the band only lasted about a month, and it was just me and my brother, him on guitar and me on vocals. No, no drums. Well, you, not, you, not even a drum. You, you lasted a fourth of the time that this TV show lasted. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. We did one <laughs> performance at uh, Headliners or the Hard Hat Cafe, as it was called back then, I think. For a battle of the, this is a weird story. Sorry, uh, so I'll, I'll be done in a second. Uh, <clears throat> for a like for a battle of the bands thing, and I swear to God though, like people actually loved our our performance, even though it was completely ridiculous. Like I think it's because they knew it was a big joke. Because yeah. I because like, we opened up with a song called the Albanian Slave Revolt, um, <clears throat> which was just a completely botched history lesson that I had read off the internet one time where it was about how I guess like the Ottoman Empire was trying to encroach upon Albania or something like that and then the Albanians revolted against them so I was like oh cool the Albanian slave revolt okay I guess that sounds cool and uh the lyrics to that song were pretty stupid uh anyway sorry that was just a weird uh (laughs) tangent right there but we were called Attack of the Id I came up with that name and the Id you know it's like the opposite of the ego yeah. Um, the it's kind of like basically like the stuff you don't have control over. It's kind of like the, you know, the reactions that you have when you don't have like a strong ego to put you in check or whatever. Anyway, yeah, fun times. Uh. And and speaking of Punky Brewster, you should check out the uh, <laughs> check out the the, the Peacock um, uh, the Peacock reboot of that. That was really good. Also on Hulu. Soleil Moon Fry has a documentary out that she directed called Kid 90, which I watched, which I highly recommend anybody watch. It's, yeah. it's her uh, home movies and stuff from when she, from the 90s when she was growing up. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. I don't know. It, it's it's very moving documentary. I highly <clears> recommend <throat> it. Um, so anyways, um, back to the that 80s show. So, um, yeah, so. So so later on, um, oh yeah, the the dad came into the store. Was that before or after? When was that? He, uh, I don't know. At some point, he comes into the store. This was after he got broken up with, I think, because she she mentioned yeah because that at first you know the boss said you know like you're going to be both working together or whatever, and then I think the next day, yeah. Uh, so- there's like there's like yeah. a scene at one point where it's just oh yeah oh yeah the the scene where uh um the 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 sister Katie mm-hmm. is uh just sitting there randomly 80s in 80 be, being completely 1980s there we go <laughs> yeah um yeah. so she's just sitting there with a wine cooler in her hand you know Listening to uh, "Love Is a Battlefield" on the MTV or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and singing along with it and dancing, and then uh, Sophia, Brittany Daniels' character, the ex-girlfriend of the brother, comes over. Blah blah blah. She ends up uh, kissing Katie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the name of my band, Kissing Katie. Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We uh we only play uh hymns from the fifteenth century. It's it's a weird thing, but you know. 
you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. But uh, the um, the whole uh, yeah, she kisses she kisses Katie, and then um, Katie's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what's up?" You know, sort of thing. You know, kind of yeah. doesn't you know. She wants to be friends still, and blah blah blah. And so, then we have a scene later on. These may be out of order, folks, but it doesn't matter. It really <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> where they're yeah, watching, the, where they're watching Dynasty, and they're doing a drinking game where you you take a shot every time somebody slaps somebody on Dynasty. Yeah. Which, by the way, probably happened only like once an episode. <laughs> So you would have yeah. to watch several episodes of Dynasty to actually get drunk. I'm just saying. But they were but they were taking shots like every 20 seconds or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it didn't happen um, that often on the show, really. I mean, it was known for that. But it wasn't like the show was just people slapping each other. It happened, you know, maybe twice or three times an episode at the most, you know? <laughs> maybe they had like a VHS and they just recorded all the parts where they slapped and then they just took a shot. Um, it looked no, like they were actually kind of, watching an episode. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just no, saying. No, my my head cannon. Yeah, they recorded it. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> it's like yeah, it it, it 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 it'd be like the equivalent of watching, um, I don't know, like The Office, and taking a shot every time Michael gets mad at Toby. Yeah. Which is maybe once an episode, maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just kind of stupid. But, um, so, uh, they've got this stupid game they're drinking and everything, and then, um, she lets, uh, she lets Corey know that, uh, that Sophia kissed her. And, uh, yep. Yep. Do you want to take a yep. break, Matt? <laughs> Sure. Because my head hurts. We'll take a wine cooler break, or maybe that that will be one of the commercials. Who knows? Yes, um, yes. maybe Bartles and James are going to sponsor us. <laughs> Remember Bartles and James? No. <laughs> it was a wine cooler company, and these two old dudes were in the commercials, and they were sitting on a porch and just talking about Bartles and James. Anyways. Oh, geez, I think I vaguely remember that. Um <laughs> Is that the one that had like the foil that you had to unwrap to to drink it? I don't know because I was a child at the time and Well no me too. But... <laughs> yeah, I was drinking wine coolers and I was like a four year old. Anyways, we're gonna be right back, folks. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. And thank you for your support. That's what Bartles and James used to say at the end of their ads. <laughs> Do they? Yep. Oh. <laughs> that's all. Wow. That's all, folks. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> we're back. Um, so, um, I had to look that up on break. Um, so <laughs> the um, so so this show, mm-hmm. we've learned that love is a battlefield. Yes. <clears throat> and that uh, you know. That is not my beautiful house. 
that is not my beautiful wife. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. We've learned a lot so far, haven't we? About the 80s. Yes. It, 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 it takes place in the 80s. Do you understand that? <clears throat> yes. By the way, it takes place in the 80s. Um, it's in yeah. the, it's, it's in, it's in the title. It is. Yes. So. In the title. So next in this episode, after, you know, they find out that, uh, Sophia kissed Katie, um, at some point, Corey decides to go work for his dad. Oh, yes. In, uh, in something shoehorned into this episode that could have been a whole episode itself. Mm-hmm. Just want to mm-hmm. point out. Yeah. No major offense to the writing, but it was like they were trying to fit too much into this episode, but not enough at the same time. Right. A pilot. So trying to make sure they can fit everything in is, you know, you know, to make sure that, you know, it got picked up by the network probably. But usually the, you know, the, the quote unquote artsy guy going to work for his dad thing is usually a whole episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, but he, he goes there. His dad's like an ad executive or something, and he's trying to come up with ideas, and he can't come up with any. The end. That's it. Yeah, yeah. literally. Like, there was an interesting moment there that it was um, it was very classic Glenn Howerton, but before he really, like, perfected his craft, like yeah. his Dennis Miller slash... Not Dennis Jack Miller, De- Dennis Reynolds. Yeah, sorry, Dennis, Dennis Miller. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, totally different, totally different character or act or character, I guess you'd call. It. Anyway, because uh, I don't think I think he's full of shit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, he's like you know that you know he's basically trying to come up with a slogan for like a weed whacker or something like that. And his dad comes in, and he you know is like, "How are you doing, son?" He's like taking a nap, and he's like, "I got." nothing or whatever just yeah. like but like before he was able to sort of perfect that kind of it's very um, it's 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 very dennis reynolds or jack griffin um yeah, yeah yeah his character on ap bio um yeah it it was interesting it did have very glenn howerton mm-hmm. you know and glenn howerton is just funny i mean this Fine. show has a good cast it does the writing isn't totally horrible but it's too reliant on the 80s yeah. Um, that's the problem. But anyways, um... Yeah. Yeah, the, um... So so he, he can't do that, so he comes back to work at the store. There were some other scenes. They're pointless. And, um... <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, what, what else happened? I mean, I'm trying to think... There, there, there's yeah, a, scene, there, there's a scene where they're at the dance club, and, yeah. uh... And, uh... Sophia hugs Katie in yeah. kind of a sensual way. That's about it. That happens there. Yeah, she apologizes for like I guess Eddie yeah. or something like that, yeah. or, or whatever. And um, uh, what what was what was Corey's friend's name? Uh, oh, Roger. Yeah. Roger. Okay, I, I was thinking Eddie, but that was that's his real name, right? Yeah, Eddie Shen uh, is his real name. Yeah. Okay, so that's his, that's actually the actor's name. Yeah, so Roger. Um, he says something like, "Oh, I go both ways too." By the way, oh, by the way too. Like th- their their depiction of bisexuality in this show is very eighties. Um, if that was intentional or not, because it's just very like yeah. Because there was crude, a like, there was a line earlier in the episode <laughs> where he said, "Where where Glenn Howerton's character said uh, said she's like a vegan that likes turkey every once in a while." Right, and it's like. Mm, that's very simple, like oversimplification. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, very interesting. I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but there's very interesting debate right now between people who use the phrase pansexuality and bisexuality, and um, the a lot of the people who use the word pansexuality they they believe that bisexual. Um, doesn't cover enough ground, I guess, but, but 
a lot of people from like the early 90s who are bisexual basically say well pretty much bisexuality at that time pretty much means the same thing what you call pansexuality so it's kind of like a wash like you you use your term we use our term pretty much means the same thing you know so it's interesting to, to kind of see like it's a weird tangent, I know. Um, yeah. See how words evolve and change and stuff like that, and but yeah. at the same time, the old words might actually have and the then, same meaning. And then how people like, then how people get so pissed off when words change or things change in the world, or you know, you can't be more yeah, exactly. accepting or, or you know, progressive or or uh, open to more things. You know, it's just like so stupid because yeah. you know, it's it is what it is. Um, yeah. The world sucks. But anyways, he goes back to work. He comes outside to take out the trash. And uh, Tuesday is out there. With her hair down. Yep. And uh, they have they have their little... Uh, he says, get off the, the owner's Harley. Because she's sitting up against a Harley. Right. And um, she's got her hair down. And he's basically trying to imply that, oh, you know, you, you, you took... You gotta admit that you took your hair down because of something I said. Right, because women never think for themselves. By the way, anyways, um, yeah, well, that's very eighties. Um, yeah, and plus two, that could have been an arc that went at least you know six or ten episodes, not just one episode of like you know what I mean. Like, well, well, I did. I mean, I don't remember most of it, but I did watch every episode of the of the show when it was on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Sadly. Sorry. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It. Um. Just because it was, like, there was, you know, this was before I had, like, you know, you couldn't, there was no Netflix and shit, you know. So, right, <laughs> it yeah. was, like, <laughs> um, you know, we didn't have the options to watch whatever we want whenever we want. Um, right. You taped everything. Yeah. Took out your VHS tapes and, or DVDs or whatever. So, I watched most of the episodes, I should say, probably not all of them. But they kind of uh, went into a, a whole thing where there was a will they won't they sort of thing with june and oh okay. and Corey, and they kind of did start dating each other in the whole second half of the series the last you know six episodes um <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're we're kind of about you know the the their relationship in a way they were okay, kind of cool. the they were kind of the um the eric foreman and uh and donna uh, Pinciati of this show, you know. Uh, Donna. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Donna, yeah. Donna Pinciati. Kind of. I mean, yeah. they were. I mean, Eric and Donna were kind of more similar to each other. In yeah. But they, than, I'm just saying they were I, kind of the central couple yeah. of the show. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, which is hard to, you know, really gauge on 13 episodes. Right. Um, did you want to take another break here, Matt, and then we can come back? And now that we've kind of basically, that's ba- well, basically, oh yeah, I got to figure out how I got to kind of explain how this ended. Um, <laughs> they they have their little fight, their fight flirting, and yeah. and he says something about getting coffee, and she's like, "I was already going to get coffee." Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if exactly. you want to if you want to follow me, you can. You know. Right. Yeah. And so that's basically how the show ends. Yep. <laughs> Except for there's like a little after credits thing where uh, Katie and Corey are Ugh. singing at the piano for some reason, God. singing some Carpenter song <sighs> or something, and uh, some stupid song. Um, yeah, and the dad's like, "How much do I gotta pay you to stop?" And then they start singing worse, you know. Yeah, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, almost kind of like remind me of All in the Family a little bit. The like, way it was shot the... was kind of very All in the Family sitting at a yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, do you want to take a break now, Matt? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll come Let's back and we'll talk some trivia and some reviews of this uh, glorious show. from the Ask the Angry Ninja Show saying come listen to the show. We got the Ninja Wife to give you your movie reviews. We got the Conscript to give you the Ninja News. And we got the Battle to talk about your sports. And as always, it is the Ask the Angry Ninja Show. So ask me a question. We'll give you the ninja knowledge you need for your ninja life. Search for us anywhere you get your podcast from. Just search for the Ask the Angry Ninja Show and enjoy the 
the show. And we are back. Those were some great ads. I agree. I don't know what they were for. Yeah, but I I guess they were good. Yeah. Hopefully. And, uh, thank you for your support. Yeah. As Bartles and James would say. Um, <laughs> so, um, okay. Here's this website I found called uh, Terrible TV Shows. Oh, boy. And here's a... Uh, Here's uh, what they have as why it sucks. I'm just going <laughs> to... Despite being a spinoff of that 70s show, it has nothing in common with that show besides the name. It was only made to cash in on the newly emerged 1980s revival that dominated the 2000s. None of the cast members of the characters from that 70s show appear in the spinoff. Bland one-dimensional characters. All of the daring stuff that made that 70s show popular is absent in this spinoff. Cheap and forced humor that relies on 1980s references. Boring episode plots. Pointless celebrity cameos from the 80s. Celebrities like Tiffany and Pat Benatar. Similar to Henry Danger and many modern sitcoms, this show overuses the laugh track as if the audience was high on cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, redeeming qualities, a good selection of 1980s music, such as Killing Joke's 80s as the main theme. <laughs> and then the second thing that they have is, there are a handful of funny jokes. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, here's some trivia. The show was Glenn Howerton's acting debut. Oh, wow. Um, Corey Howard... Glenn Howerton's character is supposedly the, the cousin of Eric Foreman from that 70s show, which is never brought up in the series itself. What? Wow. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> which is funny because the night before this show premiered, Brittany Daniels, who plays uh, Sophia, played Eric's cousin in an episode of that 70s show. Wow. So, But she wasn't his cousin. <laughs> In this show. From what, from what side of the family would, would that be? His dad? I don't know. Or, I don't know if they ever said. I, I just remember, it was like, it, the name of the show was like Eric's Hot Cousin. Uh, um, yeah. Interesting. It was like this point where Eric even had a crush on his cousin sort of storyline. It was weird. Huh. Um, I guess uh, later on in the show, Charlie Day appeared. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so three of the show's actors, Glenn Howerton, Charlie Day, and Brittany Daniel, would go on to star in the well-received adult sitcom It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as wow. uh, as Dennis Reynolds, Charlie Kelly, and Carmen the Transsexual. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I forgot that Brittany was in that. She played the, the Carmen. Okay. Yeah. So there's some trivia here. Um, here's some user reviews from the Internet Movie Database. Here's one called, How Bad Can TV Get? This was from <laughs> HN93, written on the 18th of March, 2002. What a poor effort. That <laughs> 80s show aired in New Zealand tonight and it was a new high in low for TV seriously unfunny lame characters and poor cash in on the success of that 70s show anyone who derives enjoyment out of this probably can't remember yesterday let alone the 1980s good one Fox cancel married with children and Futurama and put this on Quality program, nah, who needs that? Wait, when did they cancel Mary with Children? It went off the air shortly before that, and um, honestly, oh, wow. and honestly, Mary with Children ended on its own terms. It was never canceled. Okay. So that's, yeah, but they did cancel Futurama, and then it was brought back later on. <clears throat> in, on right. On, on, 
Comedy Central. Um, right, yeah. Interesting. Okay, here here's one called Too Bad. This was written on March 19th, 2003 from Darth Bill. <laughs> um, it really wasn't all that different from that 70s show. Just about every joke was thrown in. Mm. Some funny, some not. I admit I only tuned in to see the adorable Tinsley Grimes. I uh, think this show could have become something better than it was if it had been given more of a chance. And also, if the writers had taken it more slowly with things like the love-hate relationship between Corey and Tuesday. I think another problem with the show was the lead character of Corey himself. The writers weren't sure what to do with him. He was supposed to be a nice guy. He was supposed to be a jerk. They hadn't figured it out, him out yet. Um, <laughs> but that's why you have to give a show like this time so you can flesh out your characters and figure out who they really are. Yeah. Okay. And she she was adorable, by the way. Yeah. I I liked her. She she had like a recurring role on on Smart Guy. Hmm. The you know the the show about the kid who was smart. I don't remember that one. Uh it was a it was a show. It's sh- it starred uh, um T J Mori, the the um the brother of uh Tia and Tamara. And um and then um, also had uh, Omar Gooding, the brother of uh, Cuba Gooding. And um, <laughs> I just wanted to point that out, that there were two <laughs> brothers of other people that are more famous. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, they, it, it was a really good show. It was, a, it was like a TGIF um, show that I think transferred over to the WB. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's on Disney+. Plus. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. Cool. The pilot episode is shot on the sets of Boy Meets World. Okay. And then they get their own set in the second episode. So, just letting you know that. Um, okay. So, um, but no, she, she had like a small role on that from time to time, and I always thought she was cute. Um, okay. Here's a 10 out of 10 review. Um. Yeah. This was written on April 21st of 2017 by Alan Veets. I'm sorry, but I love this show. I loved it when it first aired. I just watched every episode again, and I love it still. It's not just funny, it's witty. Eddie Shin and Tinsley Grimes are laugh-out-loud funny. Glenn Howerton and Shiler Lee are adorable as the will-they-won't-they couple. And Brittany Daniels, Margaret Smith, and Jeff Pearson are great filling out the cast. Yes, this makes fun of the 80s. I lived through the 80s. There was a (laughs) lot to make fun of. If you can watch this series without a smile on your face, then you don't want to be happy. (laughs) Eh, okay. Yeah. The thing is... Like being corny and stuff like that—that's that's fine. But like, there, there's a way to do it. It was like, too reliant. Like, too reliant on the '80s is what the problem was. It's like because that seven, yeah, that yeah. '70s show took place in the '70s. It's like there, right. there are good shows that take place in the '70s <clears throat> or the '80s or whatever decade they're supposed to be. They take like like the Wonder Years took place in the '60s. <clears throat> yes, and. Yes. But it didn't rely on the fact that it took place in the '60s for right. for its heart and humor. Yeah, exactly. Too, and it's like there's a way to you can still drop references. Yeah, into the area you're in, but like that shouldn't be like the butt of the joke. Or like, so, for example, like I know in one of the episodes of that '70s show, they were trying to get like tickets to go to Led Zeppelin or something like that. But like the joke wasn't like. Let's Zeppelin get it seventies, like you know what I mean. Like yeah, you, you, you can still you could have yeah. you could have written that in modern days, and they could have been trying to get tickets to Taylor Swift. You know what I right. mean? It's like exactly. it doesn't yeah. have to be what you know, whatever it is. Um, the uh, the I mean, and, and it's like you know, like like Freaks and Geeks took place in the eighties. Yeah, but that wasn't the point of the show. 
<clears throat> no, and that show is still relevant to this day. Yeah, I mean, like you can watch that show. show. You can watch that show and be born, you know, ten years ago and still enjoy it. Not maybe not ten right. years ago, but yeah. twenty years ago. Well, know, maybe not ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so probably ten years ago. Yeah, if you're ten and you're watching Freaks and Geeks. I don't know. There might be something wrong with you. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you know. It's kind of like the the point of some of of sitcoms a lot. Like you know, the point of The Office isn't the fact that it takes place in an office. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's about the characters. It's not about the the time period or the setting. And that's right, what makes yeah. you like a show. It's not you know, oh we're funny because we're in an office, or oh we're funny because it's the seventies, or oh we're funny because it's the eighties, or oh it's funny because it's the sixties. No, it's because right. of, you know when it took place. I mean, I mean, what? Not it's not because of when it took place. It's because of the characters and the plots. Right, that could happen anywhere or any time, almost. You know. Um, yeah, that's the problem with this show. Um, so, uh, would you recommend anyone watch this show, Matt? Uh, <clears throat> maybe. As I don't know if if you're just like messing around, you just want to watch something that's kind of funny. Like if like I don't know, like if you like you're not really paying attention to it, or like if you just want to like sit, you know, like show someone like, hey, you know, this this is a show that came out like in the early two thousands, and you know, only had one one short season. You know, maybe do you you think the show could have could have lasted if it was like maybe developed better? I mean, I, I only watched the pilot episode, so I don't yeah. know. But like, based off of that, <clears throat> I think that if they if they didn't make, for one thing, the set was also very limited. I mean, like most most of the scenes only took place in like the club, and like, well, I guess technically the same thing happened in that '70s show. They spent a lot of time in the basement, but like, um, I don't know. I mean, if, if they developed. Yeah, if they developed the characters more and they did more, um, I don't know, just more cinematography. Just you know, take some more risks. I mean, like, like you know, the very first episode, pilot episode of that '70s show. You know, Eric gets drunk or whatever, and it actually makes like the room like spinning. You know, when he's trying to talk to his parents or whatever. Yeah. You know, like that was pretty. That was pretty cool. You know, like, you know, if it took some more risks, I think yeah, doing stuff like that, not just trying to make like a a straight sitcom, which I think is maybe what they were trying to do with that show. Like, get it? It takes place in the 80s, but we're also going to make it look kind of like an 80s show at the same time, sort of, but not all the way. So, yeah, I I think that if they they thought about it a little bit more and maybe if they took more risks and if they kind of knew exactly what they wanted to do, because there are shows that sometimes will, will alternate between like making it a satire about that kind of show and making it like that show too. So it's not like yeah. it has to be one or the other. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a difference between like the Brady Bunch movies where they make fun of the Brady Bunch in a way. Right, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Those and, are good movies. Though. And watching <laughs> the actual Brady Bunch. Um, but uh, the, um, yeah. the um, yeah, I think, you know, the only reason to really watch this is to see a young Glenn Howerton and a young Shiloh Lee. Yeah. That's that's basically it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rest of the cast are pretty good, but uh, you know, like like the dad, um, he was on uh, that um, unhappily ever after show. Which okay, speak, speaking I, I of married with, speaking of married with children, which was like basically oh. a married with children kind of clone, crea- yeah. created by the same people, but with a talk, oh, wow. with but with a talking bunny, and um, but he was basically yeah. he was basically playing that same character. Yeah. In a way, so it was kind of like I mean he's a good actor, Jeff Pearson, but it's it's just kind of I mean I've seen him in a lot of things where he's he's a really good character actor, mm-hmm. and but this I don't know it just seems like it was a retread, um, but yeah like, like I said young Shiloh Lee, young uh, Glenn Howerton, young Brittany Daniel actually. Um, it, yeah. it's good. It's good to watch for that aspect. You know, the cast is good, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't really watch much of it. I mean, it's not like a rewatchable show. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, anything else, Matt? Before we go. 
Um, you know, just um, if you want to check out um, my old guitar teacher's album, he's a jazz guitarist. Um, he's got a new album coming out called Low Rent Space um, from the what's it called? The Quick Quartet, I think is what the band name is called. Yeah. Um, Jason Quick is his name. Yeah, Jason Quick, really, really good guitar, good jazz guitar. Um, you know, if you don't like jazz guitar, you know, it's it's not. He's got his own style that's kind of, kind of makes it a little bit more listenable for people who maybe don't normally listen to jazz. So it's not like it's too like, like you gotta be like part of the jazz elite to listen to this, you know, type of thing or whatever. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure if there is such a thing called a jazz elite. It's like an organization, like you know membership kind of thing like they're they're all reptilian people yeah yeah they're reptilian jazz yeah yeah so um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey it's it's true we, we said it on the internet so it's true now we don't yes. we don't need evidence we don't need evidence um, or proof no um no no <laughs> it's in the bible anyways um the uh, <laughs> so um yeah check that out check out matt's music um be sure to uh like our Facebook page, follow our Facebook group, um, go to all too real com. Um, that'll just take you to our Facebook page. If you want to go there, um, right now, um, do us a big favor. Here's something I haven't asked for in a while. Go on iTunes and give us a review. I don't even care if it's a bad yeah. one. Yeah. Just give us a review. Um, cause the more reviews you get, the, the more chances uh, people will listen to the show. Um, it helps with the metrics and all that shit I don't understand. Um, oh, that algorithm crap. Yeah, yeah. Algorithm. Ooh. It, get it? Because Al Gore claims he invented the internet, which we all know he yep. did not because he's a liberal. Uh. That, that explains it all. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Alex Jones, and, uh, you know... The, the, the frogs are becoming gay, and um. The anyway, so gay, and I subsist on a diet off of beer and chicken wings, buffalo wings, by my mm-hmm. voice completely shot. Yep. Okay. World order. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep America great. Anyways, um. <laughs> yeah. So uh, be sure to you know check that out. Like our like like our pages. Like our show. Follow us. You know just. Whatever you can do, share the show. I yeah. want to get us more listeners, and I think we can. Me too. Um, so um, if you, if because people ask how they can support the show, and that's basically how you can. And if you do support the show, like Bartles and James, you know what I'll say? <laughs> Thanks for your support. <laughs> Until next time. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real Two Podcast, a Cullen Park production, produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen the Second. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.